gauge them and how I'm feeling by looking at them in the middle. Wow, they're nice and green sticks. So yesterday, before I left the church, I said, they're quite jubilant. So, but faith does grow. It grows in our hearts. It grows in our lives. It grows in our relationship with God. It's something that's alive. Now, we have faith is alive. Faith grows in you. You've got to maintain it. You've got to feed it. You've got to use it. You've got to work with it. You ever heard those saying before? If you don't use it, you're going to. And I believe that is applicable to faith. If you don't use your faith, you're going to lose your faith. And as a Christian, you should be using your faith every single day. Now, some food, as we grow our faith, and I want you to think about how we feed our faith then, how would a Christian feed their faith? Well, we would do it quite easily. We would do it, one, by reading God's Word. Can I get an amen on that? By two, fellowship in with God's people. Amen? By three, by praising God. Amen. You know, that is a, a commandment that we often overlook. The Apostle Paul writes over and over and over again. I'm in a class right now in seminary again. And one of the, one of the books I'm translating is the book of Philippians. And the, Paul says it over and over again. Hey, rejoice in the Lord. He says, hey, you need to beware of dogs. Beware of the confusion. Beware of evil workers. And if you want to stay aware, you better start praising the Lord. Praise God. Rejoice in the Lord. And so that's one of the things that we need to do to stay faithful and keep our faith going and praise God. Um, we need to be faithful in the small things that we do, too. If we want to be faithful, we follow our faith to grow, faithful in what we do, and what we say, and how we behave. This is me in Matthew 25, 21. The Bible says, The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the glory of your Lord. So we should be faithful on the small things as well. Let's take a look again where Daniel chapter 2. Let's begin with our next slide. All right, Daniel 2, we just read the verse. Some of you know the background. He has had a dream, and that dream, he decides, I'm not going to tell these people, or maybe he forgot it. I'm not going to tell them what it is, and I want the wise people to come in and not only tell me what the dream means, I want them to tell me what I did. And when they say, you can't do this, he says, I'm going to kill every wise man in Babylon. Generally, that wise man is the same word he used to Magi. So, when you get to Christmas time, you see Magi, you see wise men come with the exact same word. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave a command to kill all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they brought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So they actually started looking for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to kill them. Let's find out what happened here. Remember, your faith in your life is just real results. When you have, when you live your faith out in real life, you're going to end up with real results. His faith out. We'll see that bad things are still happening, but we're going to see that he's going to end up with good results. Let's find out how that happens. Next slide, please. Death. Daniel is about to be put to death. Remember that in verse 13? He is about to be killed. However, my Bible tells me that he goes in and takes a nap. Did you, did you catch that? You read that in Daniel chapter 2. He goes in, he prays to God, I think I'll sleep it over. I don't know about you, but that seems like an odd thing to do. Now, growing up, my dad answered to me with one of two things. He would say, sleep it off, or he would say, when you talk to your mom. Daniel goes in, talks to God, and falls asleep, and walks in his sleep, God gives him a dream of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So if you look there and, and Daniel 2 19, 
and I decided to buy the biggest, easiest plant to grow that they had there. And parents knew one of those. I used to call them spider plants. It's some kind of ice. And they're so easy to grow, you just put them in your windowsill and put water in it every Thursday. And it grows all by itself. Sing to it every now and then. Pray around it and watch it thrive. What if I said, man, I'm going to take care of this plant. I love this plant. I'm going to protect it. And I put it in the closet. If I left it in there a week, what color will the be? You have got to get your leaves in the sunlight, Christian. If you want them to turn green, if you want to be able to do something, say, are you hearing me now? You've got to get out in the trials and tribulations and the persecutions of this world. Now, you've got to do it. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to go out and pick a fight. But what you do need to do is determine in your heart, like Daniel did, I will not defile myself. I'm going to save God no matter what this world throws at me. Now, remember, Daniel determined to go with faith. Daniel lives out his faith. Daniel feeds his faith. And Daniel's faith grows. And incidentally, when your faith starts growing, it spreads to others by your example. Remember, they didn't just look for Daniel. They were looking for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were looking for all three of them. Real faith doesn't stay with you. It spreads to others. Real faith reaches out and touches those around you. There's nothing more attractive than somebody who's full of faith. Did you know that? There is nothing more attractive to somebody than somebody full of faith. Why? Because faith pictures life. Faith pictures happiness. Faith pictures joy. Faith pictures control, understanding. Faith pictures the things that the world's been looking for all this time. I want to understand. I want to know. I want to be in control of it. Faith doesn't need any of those things. Faith says God's got it no matter what. Real faith. Your real faith will spread to others. And their real faith will spread to others. How do you know when someone's not really faithful? Well, they put their plan in the closet, don't they? They're afraid it will get tried. They're afraid it will get tested. And your need will stop. Let's take a look at the next slide. When you do decide to live by faith like Daniel did, there is something that's going to happen to you, whether you like it or not. When you decide, I'm going to be a person who will not for the world. I'm going to be God. I'm going to be faithful with God. I'm going to walk with God. You know what happens? Something we call a crisis of faith. Crisis of faith happens to every one of us. Now, it's different in every one of us. It's different in uh, severity. It's different in circumstances. When it happens to every single person who says, I am going to be faithful. How do I know this? The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us. You know, if you want to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will be perfect. Do you remember what James said? He said, Count it all blessing, my brother. And trials and tribulations come your way. I should have said it's perfect for anyone. Daniel had lost something. He lost his home. He lost his family. He had lost his temple. He had lost his culture. He had lost his way of life. His military was gone. His proud army was destroyed, and there was nothing left there. He still said, I'm going to be ready. Are you a Revelation reader? I know you are. If you're a Baptist, you read Revelation at least once a month, because you can't stand it. True. We love it. We love it. That's all we want to talk about. That's all we want to debate about. 
your face now and you say, I can't fool the people who have to take the place of you. What is God's grandson? Wrong. Just the best place out of you.
Amen. Because we have a new home in heaven. Somebody say amen. You need to start rejoicing because not because things are going our way. We rejoice objectively. Heaven where we go. If you make heaven the object of your rejoicing, then there's nothing in this world that's going to take your joy. There's nothing in this world that's going to steal it from you. There's nothing the devil can do. Nothing your flesh can do. Nothing that that mean old nosy neighbor can do to you. Because your rejoicing is not based on whether things are good or bad. They're based on whether or not he's taking you to heaven. Somebody say amen. Israel, 